0: Hi, welcome to the Bioinformatics chat. Today, I'm talking to Loïc Pelleve. Uh, Loïc is a permanent researcher at uh, CNRS. He's based in Bordeaux, France. Loïc, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello, thanks for having me.
0: So we will be talking about Boolean networks and different interpretations of Boolean networks. And uh, I guess this falls into a broader category broader field of systems biology and this is the first time on the podcast when we talk about systems biology so why don't you give us some introduction what this branch of computational biology does so systems
1: biology is the study of uh, of biological processes at the system level so where we try to figure out uh, uh, the interaction between the components and and what the, the effects they have uh, for instance if if one component change of activity in one place of the cell it may have uh, a strong effect at a very different location to very different uh, proteins
0: so let's let's deconstruct that a little bit so when you say components what do you mean and when you say the systems level what what is that and what other levels are there
1: yes 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 oh, so so by components, it could be a lot of things. We can think in 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 for instance in the in the cells, so it could be proteins, uh, genes, uh, or subcase of proteins, uh, um, receptors at the membrane level, metabolites, any any <laughs> anything we can we can think of uh, uh, that uh, that is present in, in the cell. For instance, uh, it could also be uh, organs. Uh, species, at very different scales. It really depends on the systems we want to, to study. And uh, then we, we pick the, the actors that we think are relevant for, for, for studying the, the process we, we, we look at. So, for instance, uh, when we look at uh, cell differentiation processes, uh, we may be uh, very interested in looking at what happened at the gene level, at the gene activity. Uh, and uh, the activity of some proteins, of key proteins, and so on. So it's really broad uh, view of what a system is and what a process is. And so we 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 pick as uh, vectors we we want, uh, and depending on what we pick, uh, the, the modeling will be very different, and the kind of analysis we can do can be very very
0: different. Right, and so one of the central concepts in systems biology is uh, networks, right? So what what are these networks? So naively, we can think ab- about networks as just graphs, and it's not even clear why I have a separate term network, like how is it different from, from a graph? But uh, what do systems biologists put into this notion of, of a network?
1: Yeah, so of course, graph is, is a part of... Uh, the description of a network. So in a graph, you you will describe uh, pairwise uh, interaction between components so that you know that this particular protein can, for instance, bind to to this other one or can uh, have an effect on on this particular gene. And uh, on on top of that, we also have uh, so very often uh, directionality. So that's... uh, uh, This uh, component has an effect on that one, and it's not a a symmetric effect. And we also have, on top of that, a notion of activity, of state of the components. Uh, So that uh, we say that, for instance, a protein is active, uh, a gene is is expressed, a thing like that. So that's uh, states that we can sometimes observe, and sometimes it comes from interpretation from data. And then a network model uh, in systems biology tries to predict how this uh, state of all the components of the system we we picked uh, evolve in time.
0: And uh, specifically, we will be talking about Boolean networks. So, what are Boolean networks? What other kind of networks are there?
1: Yeah. So, so Boolean networks refers to a certain kind of uh, of state of the component we we choose to to interpret the system. So. Maybe um, before going really into Boolean uh, view, uh, a lot of of models uh, uh, initially come from uh, with uh, are expressed with uh, differential equations, where we we model the uh, evolution of, for instance, the concentration of of metabolites. So you see that now you use the state of your components, which could be, for instance, of metabolites, uh are concentrations, so continuous value. And you have rules to to, uh, to compute over time how this uh, concentration evolves. And with differential equation, it's well, differential equation which, which express this uh, uh, change of quantity uh, with respect to the value of over quantity in, in, the, in the network. So with Boolean networks, the, the state of a component is just on or off. Zero one uh, and so on. And uh, so it's it's like a simplification and abstraction, coarse grain view of the activity of the system, which has, comes from from the modeling of uh, mainly gene regulation uh, and also signaling networks. But so for instance, for gene, uh, it's quite uh, natural to 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 see this this boolean view. Uh, because it has been observed that uh, uh, once the gene is so the machinery to express the gene is is, is really starting it it like uh, fully expressed and so it produces a lot of proteins and uh, when its uh, activation mechanism is below certain threshold the production stops very uh, sharply and so we can see this as a k- kind of off and on behavior, where if you have the right transcription factors binding uh, on the DNA and no inhibitors messing around, then you can express your gene. Uh, And if you don't have that, or if you have an inhibitor binding and blocking the polymerase for for the transcription mechanism, then you cannot express your gene anymore. So um, this has been uh, introduced for biology uh, in the 60s. by, on two different continents, uh, in the U.S. Uh, on one one part with Stuart Kaufman, and uh, in Belgium with René Thomas. So René Thomas was a, uh, a biologist working on, on genes, and uh, then went into this theoretical biology field uh, of modeling. And uh, yeah, so they proposed to to model these genes uh, networks with this. Boolean variable, so saying that the gene is either on and off, and having rules to say, when they turn off, when they turn
0: on. So what benefits uh, do you gain by approximating a, an ODE model in a differential equation model with a Boolean network? Exactly. So, so The the point when you
1: want to do this very precise model with ODEs, uh, for instance, is that you, you need a, a lot of, of parameters. You need to To tune to say at which speed uh, the the production happens, what are the affinities of uh, uh, interactions? So a lot, a lot of parameters, a lot of of details that we often don't have at the scale of the system. Um, With Boolean networks, we you just have to specify this logic of activation. Like you need this transcription factor and this inhibitor should not be uh, here. And, and you can start reasoning with, with, your, with your model. So it's like a very convenient way of approaching a system because you can quickly start uh, reasoning on, on it without having to uh, find a lot of, of parameters, which uh, are very, very difficult to take uh, experimentally.
0: Yeah. But with a differential equation model one thing you can do is to simulate right how the system will behave exactly uh or maybe with with some noise but with a boolean network right it, is it too uh too rough an approximation to be able to simulate to be able to predict how the system will behave
1: Yes, yeah, so, so intuitively, the, the idea is, uh, yeah, so you, you can simulate a Boolean network, and we will enter into a bit more details there uh, in, in a minute. Uh, but there are, tight, uh, there are some tight relations between simulation of Boolean networks and uh, ODE model, so, well, some kind of family of ODE model. Um, so it also very depends on the kind of properties you want to, to see. Uh, with Boolean networks, you cannot really uh, address questions related to a precise increase in quantity of some components because we are just in very coarse-grained view of the system. Uh, but you can you may want to reason or, already on what on for instance, uh, what will be the signal to send to signaling pathway to activate this gene downstream? So these are the things you may, the kind of property you may want to address with uh, with Boolean Networks. So how do we simulate Boolean Networks? So the, the idea is exactly like with ODEs, we, we, we assign a state to each component uh, in the system. So the initial concentration. So we, here it will be an, an initial Boolean state. And then we have to apply the rules uh, of the model that will tell us what, component change, and in which direction, if they go to 1 or they go to 0. There's a lot of details here. um, And this is uh, one of the main um, uh, topic of of the paper we we are discussing about. Um, So one of the main detail here is um, which component change of value, uh, and in which order. So if you have, uh, let's say, three genes, and uh, in some context, they can all become active, what, how do you compute the next state? Uh, are all the components changing of state together, synchronously? Simultaneously, they all go from 0 to 1 in one instant, Or is it only one that will go active and then another one, and then we need to choose which one? So this is what we what we call the, the update mode of the Boolean networks, and more generally, what we call in uh, uh, in computer science uh, for for the, the semantics of your of your model. So how do you execute your your model? How do you compute the evolution of state in, in time? Yeah,
0: yeah, and this is a fascinating question because normally, like we, as you say in computer science, we could be concerned with like a Uh, minute details of like a semantics of a programming language but to an outsider that's a very boring stuff uh, because like every programmer knows how the programming language works it's just computer scientists who obsess over the semantics of the programming language and so especially in biology we don't often think about semantics right but this is one of those cases where it actually like really useful to decompose uh, to decouple those two things the syntax and semantics and maybe let's start with the syntax let's start with um you know how do you specify a boolean network how do you maybe write it down or try it yes
1: so Boolean so again so we have a set of, of components that we we have picked for for our model uh so in biology they over they all have fancy names because they come from genes and, and proteins uh, as I'm a computer scientist, I give them just numbers. So one, two, three—that's uh, my variables. And uh, what you specify in a Boolean network is, is just one thing: uh, is uh, a function which, given the Boolean state of the component of the network, what is the next state? Of, uh, of, of each component. So at the end, it's a, it's a function which takes uh, a binary vector as input, which is the state of my whole system, and just output 1, uh, 0, 1. For, and, and you have that for each component. So very often, we've, we express it with proposi- propositional logic. So for instance, we have uh, uh, that uh, to activate uh, node 1, uh, we need uh, that node 2 is active and node node, uh, 3 inactive, for instance, and node node 3. So that's a very simple way of of spacing the the system. You see there is no apparent parameter. Um, The parameter is exactly this uh, logical function you pick. So do you put an an AND? Do you put an OR? Do you put a negation? Uh, That's the parameter you have of of the system. and uh And that's it,
0: right, so intuitively, uh each component, each metabolite or or gene, um, has a logical rule that tells whether it'll be active or inactive based on the values of other components, but you can um put all those rules into a single function right that works from the vector of boolean states to a new vector of Boolean states.
1: Exactly, exactly. This is, at the, at the end, this is what, what you get. Uh, a simple Boolean function, which maps uh, Boolean uh, uh, vectors of, of a fixed dimension.
0: And um, once you have this function, the natural um, semantic seems to be just to apply this function repeatedly, right? You have the initial vector of states, of Boolean states, and you repeatedly apply this function to get uh new, a new state. and new states, and I guess this is known as the synchronous model um but uh why is this not the only semantics? Why does it pay off to consider other ways of simulating the model
1: so 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 indeed Stuart so, S- 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 when when he introduced boolean networks of biology, this is exactly the way. Uh, he He said uh, defines the semantics of, of the boolean functions. Uh, this also refers to very fundamental uh, objects in mathematics and computer science related to cellular automata and, and so on. Uh, then um, what's what happens is that when you go from zero to one, uh, it's it's it means that, in terms of gene expression, for instance, or proteins uh, concentration, that you go above a certain threshold. And intuitively, uh, you may say that uh, in biological system, we observe a lot of different kinetics, a lot of different speed of activation of different components. And uh, some components will take a lot of time to go from zero to one, whereas other can do it very shortly in time. And so, uh, on the other hand, René Thomas, when he introduced uh, Boolean Networks for, for Biology, picked this opposite view, that um, when you are in the state, uh, it's very the argument was it's it's very unlikely that you observe two components changing of qualitative states simultaneously. So only one of them will change at a time, and, and so this is what we call also the fully asynchronous uh, semantics. So you have to decide uh, which component changes, but only one component changes at a time. Um, so the, this 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 choice, um, as we have no parameters, no speed parameters, we have no clue for no clue for it. So, we do it uh, randomly. So, we consider that any component that can change a value can change, but only one of them will will change. So, it introduces choices, so we can see that as branches in your uh, dynamical system, or depending on the choice you make, uh, that or that of a component will will change a value, and and then you you process that again.
0: So, it looks like uh, this. Not the fully asynchronous model where just one uh, variable can change at a time, but this—I don't know—what's the name? is, just a synchronous model where any number, just yeah, any sense, number yes. of yeah. uh, variables can change. This seems like the most flexible semantics that we can come up with for a Boolean network because it—it it says you know, um, almost anything can happen. Uh, that roughly corresponds to our Boolean rules, right? So a variable either doesn't change or changes according uh, to the rules and any number of variables can change at a time. Um, now, is is that uh, semantics really the most flexible or does it have any limitations?
1: Yeah. So so that's really the, the the point of this paper is that we we show that this asynchronous original view can actually miss some uh, some, some some behaviors. But so this is related to um, how we want to validate a model because um, we we devise these rules. Uh, okay. We can simulate. We can predict behaviors. Uh, so the question when we do model, of course, is how do we validate them with respect to to reality? Um, so uh, so typically the kind of of data we we have is the uh, 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 activity of of some genes, let's say I I, I caricature a bit this uh, over time, and uh, we also have uh, observation that indicate that the cell is is steady, which means that everything is Almost uh, stable, doesn't vary much over over time. Uh, and so the, the idea when we want to validate a model is we want to make sure that it can reproduce at least what we what we observe. Um, so if I observe that by starting with all my genes between inactive and I lighten the system by uh, uh, exciting uh, a transcription uh, a membrane. Uh, a receptor as a membrane, for instance, and I observe as some gene activate, I expect that my model predicts this, this activation. And so what I will do is that I will do, for instance, a, a simulation or a complete analysis of, of, of what the system can do, uh, starting from the same uh, configuration as my observations, uh, and, and, and see if I can indeed, by a choice of update, uh, reach a state where my, my genes uh, activate. Uh, so so predicting these steps, computing these steps, is really key. Uh, is a key ingredient when you want to, to validate a, a system. And so you may ask the question uh, which one I have to pick uh, to make my, my predictions. What we found out is that uh, even if you pick this uh, very asynchronous way of seeing the, the evolution of the system or any number of component can evolve simultaneously. Uh, actually, you will say that some models are, are wrong, whereas actually the logics they have, their specification is is correct. Um, and 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 this actually comes from the fact that uh, well, as we are Boolean, we and the biological system is not binary at all. Uh, actually. If when you apply these rules, you, you may miss some behaviors happening uh, in, uh, in in due due to very particular uh, speed uh, of of reaction that you you won't be able to 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 compute. So so maybe um, we can illustrate this with a very small example. But I guess you'll have the picture. <laughs> it's it's a very simple system where you have uh, three components. You have an input, uh, so may, you may think it as a gene or, uh, for instance, in, in gene circuits. Uh, and this input, you can control it with a, with a signal. You can control its activity with signal. And, and this input has a direct a negative effect on the output. So it means that if the input is uh, uh, has a strong activity, it will replace the activity of the output so to to make sure that the output doesn't express but indirectly through a, a second uh, intermediate node let's say uh, it activates this this output so this 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 input will also activate an intermediate node two and this node two will also activate three. And so, what uh, depending on the kinetic... So, you can make ODE models so of this kind of, of systems. Uh, you can make uh, synthetic gene circuits. So, people uh, have done that. And then you can measure uh, the activity of the output with respect to the signal you send.
0: Just for the reference, the, the circuit you described, right, has a, has a name or a nomenclature? Exactly.
1: So, this is what we call a feed-forward loop because... Um, uh, you have two different paths to uh, from the input to the output and it is um, qualified as increment because the input on one path has a negative effect and on the other path has a positive effect uh, and this, this specific one uh, we, we we have uh, we, we study here is among these incurrent feed forward loop is a particular one which is the number three, <laughs> so it's the the third incurrent uh, feed forward uh, feed forward loop yes
0: so that people can for example google it and and find the picture or yeah i'm I'm sure we will include the picture in the in the show notes
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and and so what is uh, what has been observed is that depending on the kinetics of the speed of these different uh, interactions, when you plug on the signal. Uh, you will see a, a bump on the activity of free it means that actually if the intermediate the, the, the positive path is fast enough it can activate free so free will increase have some activity for some time and then when when one is high enough it will repress it uh, and so we see this transient activity of free uh, which may have, uh, a lot of effect downstream. For instance, if if three is connected to other uh, as influences of, of on components on the network, uh, you may you may think that during this uh, pulse, uh, it it can it can trigger a lot of effect in the network. But so we can see it as with OD models, uh, we can see it with a lot of, of, of models with uh, with parameters with quantities. But if you look at it at the boolean level, uh, it's very funny because you it's really impossible to, to predict that, that three uh, can be active even for a short time. Um, and it's because when you start where everyone is off and you switch on one, um, because one is on, you will never be able to activate three because the rule says that to activate three you you need that one is to be not active enough, um, and uh, so whatever the order or the number of components you update simultaneously or not, um, you will it will be very impossible to to see this uh, this transient activity, and and so if we go back to the validation of the model. Um, if you just stay at this level you will say okay so this is probably not the good logic uh, because i cannot reproduce this, this dynamics and uh, it means i will need to change the logic or to add consider other kind of interactions
0: so so that's the price we pay for the oversimplification right of an ode model because this this particular behavior that you described the the spike in the output quantity um, it relies on the specific like, um, configuration of the th- activation thresholds, for example, right? So that you have this indirect path, which one would expect to be slower than the direct path, but maybe because of the different activation thresholds, it happens earlier. The activation happens earlier than the suppression, right? And in the OD model, we have all these parameters that we can tweak to, to achieve this behavior, but in a Boolean networks where we got rid of all the parameters, we have no sort of uh, degrees of freedom to to find this.
1: Yeah, so, so that's exactly the, the question is is it really due to the Boolean abstraction? Uh but because it's it's really embarrassing, let's say it like that, because it means that we we simplify the, the model, we have a coarse grain view of it, but we cannot be sure that if we if there is no if we, if we cannot predict a behavior, it can happen or no. Uh, and so, from a model validation point of view, from a, an abstraction point of view, if we go back to computer science, it's it's a bit problematic. Uh, and so, the question is exactly that: Is it because of the Boolean specification, or is it because of the semantics? And 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 what we found out is it's it's that uh, we can have semantics that exactly fix these uh, this missing behaviors. And in this article we introduce a uh, new semantics on Boolean networks that, that take exactly this, that add no other parameters. It's exactly a different way of computing uh, the simulation for instance. Uh, and it has a guarantee to not miss any behavior that you could achieve just by introducing more information, more parameters in, in your system. So then if in this new semantics, if Uh, you predict that uh, it's impossible to activate this gene from from this particular initial condition, then it is impossible to have uh, a quantitative model that respects the logic that can activate it. So now you can start rejecting models and saying this is is wrong. Um, So... Also, another another point, uh, before we maybe describe a bit more uh, this this semantics, is uh, the computational complexity. Uh, Because we want to validate models, and validation is, uh, as we said, uh, to make sure it can reproduce behaviors we observe in the system. So we need to compute, uh, given a model, if it can go from that point to that other point. And this has a cost. And unfortunately, with this asynchronous uh, synchronous case, it's a very high cost, which means uh, that on very large networks, it's very, very difficult to compute. Uh, we need very big machines and uh, above a certain size of networks, it's it's impossible to, to do. Um, so intuitively, it just comes from the fact that if you want to go from point A to point B, you may have to cross an exponential number of, of states. And uh, and from the theory, we know that we cannot do better than that in general.
0: Right, because if you have n variables, n boolean variables, then the number of states of all the combinations is two to the power of n.
1: Two to the power of n, exactly. And you may have to cross all of them in, in some specific cases. And, and so this gives you a very high potential uh, complexity. Uh, so the very two bottlenecks in the Boolean modeling with this asynchronous or synchronous view is that at the same time, you may hinder some behaviors of the quantitative system, and it's also very difficult to, to, to analyze from a computational point of view. And this was totally unexpected uh, when we did this work, uh, but in our semantics, uh, not only we, we cover this missing behavior, but it's also much, much simpler to analyze and uh under some uh, big classes of networks we we can have now analyze network with uh, several hundred of of of, comp- of different components um, so we, we can apply them at very genome scale uh, models now
0: so how does this magical semantics work <laughs> <laughs> so what's the trick <laughs> yeah
1: yeah. So one way to 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 explain it is uh, uh, to think at uh, intermediate uh, non-boolean state. Uh, instead of going straight from zero to one, we will say that uh, a component will first go into this I am increasing state. So it's really a pseudo state. We do not change. Uh, those. Uh, The Boolean nature of the system is just a way to to think of the way we compute it. But we have this intermediate state uh, which says, okay, this component was zero, and now it is increasing. And what happened here is that now we can say that for some components, it means that it may be already above the interaction threshold, so it can have, for instance, this positive effect on that component. But for some of us, it may not be still high enough to activate or inhibit them. So in this intermediate state, uh, this network might have this dual effect on different components of the system. Um, and then we can recover correctly abstract the fact that yeah we don't know at the Boolean level if this threshold is higher than, than this or, or, or that. So. This was, uh, by the way, something which motivated another kind of of modeling, which is called multi-level networks, which was a refinement of Boolean networks to so consider that node is not zero one but zero one two, and then you can have this threshold. But you need the parameter of the threshold to execute this model. This is an additional parameter. Here we don't know it. We make the assumption we don't know it, and so we create this intermediate uh, quantum state, or I don't know how you want to like a superposition, see them, right? But, like almost a uh, quantum uh,
0: superposition of states.
1: Exactly. Exactly. For for and so depending on who reads the num- the node, he uh, will see it as a very as a different value, uh, and then at some point it will finally finally go to one, or change changes mind and go back to 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 zero. Um, so it makes the execution of the model a bit more complicated uh, because we we have this uh, way of. Uh, putting this component into this changing state, and 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 then uh, uh, this produces new new behavior. So in in the case of of a small example I discussed before, when we activate the signal, it means that the input node will will input node sorry will go into this intermediate state, and then we can have this transient activation of three because it can be high, considered high enough to activate two, the, the intermediate node 2, and then 3 can activate, because for 3, it can choose to read zero for the, the 0 value to 1. It can choose that because 1 is only already increasing, it's not high enough to inhibit it. And eventually, one will the input will go to, to fully active, and uh, 3 will go down to 0. But then uh, we can really predict and see this this, this transient activation of of, uh, of three. So that's basically the the idea. Um, and so the proof we we have is that any uh, system that respects uh, the logic of the Boolean network, so in terms that uh, uh, have uh, matching uh, uh, derivatives with the Boolean network. Uh, Will only give a subset of the simulation you can have uh, at the boolean level with this semantics. So this semantics really capture everything uh, the model can do with with this specific logic. But this this raises another question, from a validation point of view, is what if I do a semantics which allows everything? Exactly. Yeah. I can go from everywhere to everywhere. So this will perfectly satisfy my validation criteria which says, okay, uh, if I <laughs> uh, cannot predict a behavior, then uh, you can reject the model because you will never say it's impossible. And uh, and that's the true concern with all semantics, is that well, if we allow in anything, now it's become useless, and you cannot predict anything from it. So that are two points here. The first is that if you want to satisfy this criteria which says I don't want to miss any behavior I can achieve by adding kinetics, uh, speed parameters, quantities. Uh, then you need to predict at least what you will predict with this semantics. And the, the second point, so we have this property of not missing behaviors. We know that we have the we have the minimal way of doing that because if we uh, you need to predict at least what the, 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 this semantics, this most permissive semantics predicts. Uh, it, did, it still doesn't say that on actual models you can predict anything. So what we did is that we we picked several models from from the from the literature and we try to see if. Well, we also predict uh, that some behaviors are impossible, and we can go to the same prediction as. Uh, but which has been validated uh, as uh, in other works. Uh, and uh, it turns out that um, yes, despite uh, potentially enabling new behaviors, we are still able to be stringent enough to say that in some situation it's impossible to reach this behavior. And uh, in different cases, we are able to predict uh, the same uh, Uh, for instance the the same control of the system so it's really to to force the system going into that direction um, than than what was done with uh, classical analysis so this is really a reassuring point to say that uh, yes we predict more uh, behaviors but uh, we're still stringent uh, um, stringent enough to to predict uh, for instance differentiation processes uh, where in differentiation, what we, you really want to predict is that once you enter in this differentiation branch of the cell, you cannot reach uh, the, a different differentiation branch. So uh, this is a key point of uh, this differentiation modeling. And uh, it turns out that is in, in many models, um, this most permissive semantics is still predictable for, for these processes.
0: And what's the significance of two intermediate states? Why couldn't you just have a single intermediate state? So my intuition tells me that that model would be too permissive. So you right it would allow too much if you cannot differentiate between the growing and the falling activity.
1: Exactly. That's that's exactly the, the the point is. Uh, you have constraints um, to satisfy to go into these intermediate uh, states and then reaching ex- the, the extremities. So, if you, if you start increasing, uh, and uh, you will, in this semantics, eventually you will be able to, go to, to fully active. There is no constraint on that. But then from this increasing, if you want to go back to zero, uh to, to, to decreasing you need to have a way to uh to prove that yes in this situation you can be deactivated so we, you have constrained to go from this increasing to the decreasing state uh, this you cannot do uh by default uh so so this prevents some creating some behaviors that will be totally uh, strange yes
0: right and uh, i'm not sure we mentioned that uh, so far, but um, so you have these theorems that if a specific Boolean network in some sense corresponds to an ODE model, then it can replicate the behavior of the ODE model. But what does it mean for a Boolean network to correspond? So for example, how do you translate the specific activation functions how do you decide whether they correspond to a logical AND or a logical OR? Or I guess, you know, it, it could be a sum, right? Like, how do you translate a sum? Is it an AND or an OR? How do you decide all those things?
1: Yeah, so so here you, you describe the way to do it at the uh, syntactic level. Like, you take two specifications and you try to, to see uh, if you can transform one into the other. But that, that would be one way to, to do that. This is not the way we, we choose... Um, we instead we compare the, the derivatives. So, uh, so in ODs you, you, you have have uh, expression and you know if you increase if, you, uh, if you, uh, the value you, you compute is 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 above uh, zero otherwise you, you decrease. Um, we say that it is compatible with a, a Boolean network if uh, you have a way to to binarize this uh, um, continuous state. So to put threshold in in your uh, in, in, in your continuous domain, so that uh, the components which are decreasing in your ODE, you can turn them off in the binary counterpart of the state, and the nodes which are increasing in your ODE, you can turn them on with the boolean counterpart of of, 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 your, of your state. So you you. You need to have this way to translate a continuous state of component into a binary one, uh, and if you have a one which allows you to match the derivative with the, the boolean um, evaluation of your function, then you're, we say that you are respecting the the, bo- the boolean network. So, so of course, the, the the criteria we 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 choose for that is uh as 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 uh, as an is an important uh, part of this of his theorems. Um this this matching of of derivative given that the binary the way to binarize the state is is somehow quite free in the way we define it. Just if you uh, quantity is really zero you don't have the ch- the choice to, to put it to zero otherwise you have the choice. Uh is quite so this is quite uh 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 quite free so quite easy to to to, to 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 achieve. this is not a very restrictive criteria so um this means that in the future for instance we could then study classes different subclasses of, of uh, od system uh with different classes of matching with boolean networks and maybe have uh, different semantics to satisfy the same same criteria
0: but do you have so as you say, you don't consider on a syntactic level, but still do you have any rules or something uh, where you can say for a given o d model oh yes, like we can definitely do this like there may be others, but ba- just based on looking on at uh, the o d model and on the boolean model are, are there any circumstances where you can say, oh definitely like they obviously correspond to one another because of some syntactic properties
1: yes, yes, yes depending on how you write your, your OD system uh, yes and this is what you what you suggested is that indeed if you have additive effect uh, multiplicative effect uh, from that you can you can uh, translate them into uh, and or uh, negation so uh, there's quite some work on, on, on that to show the connection between, between the, the, the models so yeah yeah so the connection we, we so going from ODEs to Boolean. Uh, there's a lot of it's very different worlds where we go from continuous to discrete and so on. So what we what we focus on is mainly what these multi-level networks where we we stay discrete but components can have any number of, of, of discrete levels that correspond to the to the inter- different interaction thresholds that they may have and And this the connection is is more easy to 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 get because the so, um the so way you specify a multilevel system is you say that you will increase if this component is below a threshold or above a threshold, and so this you can transform them in, in negation or uh or or positively literals and, and 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 so on, but there are connection between tight connection between multivariant networks and all systems, and then you can you can do the the full uh, the full path between the, all these these models.
0: And so a boolean network can be viewed as uh, like a specific case of a multi-level network where you have just two levels, right? And so as you say, we need to add these intermediate states to a um, Boolean uh, semantics to make it expressive enough. I would guess the same is valid for multi-level networks, uh, so there's no some kind of minimum number of levels that would satisfy that would be always enough? Uh,
1: minimum, no, but maximum, yes. You you, you have the fact that you, you don't have you don't need uh, more uh, levels than uh, Interaction you have on on nodes because it really comes from the ordering the threshold you have of interaction. So if you interact on three components, you need four threshold four levels: zero, one, two, three. Uh, then you can order all the all, the, uh, all of it. But but it introduces a lot of, of, of parameters, and in in, um, in large networks, uh, you may have quite some output uh, interactions and uh so it's very difficult to 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 deal at the multilevel model uh, level directly
0: but can you imagine a scenario where it would be useful to consider some kind of hybrid where you would have for example five levels and right so you could introduce some parameters maybe you actually want to introduce some parameters to restrict a little bit what the system can do but in order to compensate for the low number of Levels, you would also add these intermediate states like decreasing and increasing to the multi-level network.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's something we haven't uh, looked so far, but uh, that's uh, uh, indeed a possible future direction: is to try to apply this this semantics only on a certain set of nodes, for instance, for which we don't have enough uh, data to enough parameters to, to specify them, and nodes for which we have quite some information have more strict uh, semantics for for the for the update um, so it will certainly kill uh the complexity results because uh, you will also have to to account for this note which is uh, more co- complex to analyze but uh it is of course a, um, from a modeling point of view a very attractive uh, direction to, to 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 go
0: so let's talk about complexity so you mentioned that the complexity for the uh asynchronous semantics is, is not great, right? You have this exponential explosion. Um, how exactly does this modified semantics? So the, the term uh, you use is most permissive boolean networks, right? That's the name of your semantics. So how exactly does introducing these uh, intermediate states improve the computational complexity of the simulation of, or the path seeking?
1: Yeah, so, so there's again a, a trick here. Um, so the question we, we want to solve is uh, you start from a certain configuration X and you want to know if there is a path to configuration Y. Um, so with asynchronous you need to find a correct uh, sequence of updates to that and uh, it can take uh, an exponential okay. number of steps to do that. With this most permissive semantics, uh, it turns out that a good strategy to reach anything, or a lot of, of, of configuration, is to put as much as components you can in this intermediate state. Because when everyone in, is in increasing or decreasing states, you can choose the way you, 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 read, you read them. And it gives you a lot of, of freedom. And so uh, you, you may think of an algorithm that tries to put first alls at most as, posi- as possible as component in this intermediate state and and then from that see if you can converge to to, to, your, to your to your final state. and um, it means that uh, if you can go from x to y, you always have a shortcut in this semantics. you always have a path uh, which is of a linear length in our case. So in so it means that you, you you if you if you know how to draw this this transition between these most permissive states, you just need to find a, sh- a short path of so so the uh, the constant is free of free n uh, length at most, and if you can't, uh, then it's impossible to to reach it because there is this r- sh- sh- shortcut, um, but there's. Here, uh, a subtle things is um, how you compute this transition. How do you know that you can increase uh, this state or decrease this state? Uh, Because this, uh, contrary to to a synchronous update, is is more complex in general, because you have some components which are in this intermediate state, so which are free. You can choose 0 or 1, and you have a function so, logical formula, and you want to know if there's a way to read the components so that you this formula is true or false. And in computer science, this is a very classical problem, which is called as a satisfiability problem, and which is an NP-complete one. So, it means that knowing if you can go to increase or decrease, you need to solve this sad problem in general. So, knowing if you can go to increase or decreasing in very general, is an NP-complete problem. So, still, we're not P space complete uh, as, uh, as is the reachability uh, uh, problem in asynchronous, but uh, we, we are NP NP, NP complete.
0: Um, and so the, these are just different computational classes, right? And P space exactly. is at least as complex as, as NP.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have this—you you have this hierarchy of, of classes for which we don't know if uh, we, we know the inclusions, but we don't know if they are equal or no. So we don't know if NP is equal to P space. Uh, but um, in practice, uh, with set solvers, you can solve models with millions and or billions of variables, depending on the problems and. With p space in model checking, uh, above 100 variables, it starts to be very, very, very difficult. So, but but we have this inclusion of of, of classes. The, the true complexity is a bit more f- fine fine than that. You, you can have the details in the article We are uh, somewhere in the polynomial hierarchy. So I don't want to enter into the details here. But this, so it may still appear a bit complex, and it is still a bit complex. But this is in the general case and in in in, uh, in biology in the network we look at uh, we are not in this uh, most of the time we are not in this general case we are in what we call the locally monotonic case uh, where a component has always the same sign of influence on another one you have the fact that one is ever nothing for for, for not free or an activator, or an inhibitor, but it's not at the same time an activator or an inhibitor. In many, many cases, this is an, an assumption, and this is what we have, that you have either a positive or a negative edge in your network, you don't have both of them. And if you are in this case, uh, the, the satisfiability the problem is um, is very, very simple. It becomes linear, and, and so you we are no longer NP, but we are uh, simply uh, polynomial. So it means that we go from a very extreme complex uh, problem, so P space complete problem for the asynchronous cases, to, uh, to simple polynomial uh, time um, algorithms. So for these locally monotonic networks, which is really the most common one we encounter in, in, in biology, uh, the complexity becomes very, 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 very low.
0: I'm trying to understand this in in more detail. So when you decide whether it's possible to get from state A to state B, uh, and your first step is to make as many as possible variables into the intermediate states, right? Does it matter at all which intermediate states those are, like whether those are increasing or decreasing? Could, Could there be situations where... Like some are good and some are like some combinations are good or bad. So
1: whether you are in increasing or decreasing for the other nodes of the network, it doesn't change you. In both cases, you will have the choice to read a zero or one. So, so the so the the sign of the changes doesn't matter. The order of the changes doesn't matter as well because. Um, what you are interested in is put as much as possible as people in, in as component in this intermediate state. And the way that if you if you put someone in an intermediate state, it will never prevent you to put another one in intermediate state because when you put someone in intermediate state, you add freedom to the system. The only thing is that sometimes component cannot go back. So. If you, as as I said before, if you are going in this increasing state, if you want to decrease, you need to satisfy uh, to satisfy conscious constraints, and so, in, if you put a component uh, which was zero in this increasing state, and at the end it is a zero, you need to make sure it can go back to to zero.
0: So from from zero, it can get to the increasing state. And while it is in the increasing state, you can read zero off of it, but it's not possible that at the end of the simulation it's still in that intermediate state. So it eventually, like at the end, it has to get to one.
1: Exactly. And if you want it to get to zero, you need to make it go to this decreasing state. Uh, so the, the the simple example is, for instance, a constant function. Let's say that uh, uh, f, uh, so the function to says that this component will always get activated at some point, point. and if it starts in zero, uh, and you put it in this increasing state, you will never be able to to make it decrease again because it started to increase and it's over. You cannot make it change its mind. Uh, so it means that when you compute these shortcuts, um, you want to put as much as component as possible in this intermediate state, but some of them you, you don't, you, you shouldn't. Put them into this increasing state; otherwise, you cannot reach your target.
0: Yeah, which which sounds to, sounds to me like a contradiction. So, is it as many as possible, or as many as possible minus some?
1: <laughs> to reach to reach the the target exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's not a it's not as much as possible period. It's much as possible to force your property.
0: So, for example, if you see that in your final state it's zero and in your initial state it's zero, you don't want to put it into the Intermediate state. Is is that correct? Or you will try to avoid
1: to avoid it. Sometimes you need to because um, some of the nodes will need a transient activation of it. Uh, And if you're able to make it go back to zero, then you're fine. But sometimes it won't be possible and then we will say that it's impossible to reach your your, your, your target.
0: Okay, so, so it still involves some kind of guessing, some kind of you know state space search? Right, it's not as simple as like go from this subspace to that subspace.
1: Yes, but you have good uh, good properties. Uh, uh, for instance, you know that if a node chain is different in the initial and final state, well, it need to go to this intermediate state. If it doesn't, maybe not. And so here, you there is a choice of uh, the algorithm of choice uh, to 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 do that. But there is a good property is that. Instance, so, so the algorithm is, is really you, you, we have a greedy algorithm for instance which puts exactly all at most as possible components in this sentiment state and then checks and if it finds components component for which it cannot go back we will start the computation and say okay this one, don't change them because you won't be able to go back and we have good uh, ordering property which says that we can do that in this greedy uh, manner and so we repeat the, we repeat the algorithm uh, as long as, uh, as we have contradictions. And we prevent some nodes to go to, to this intermediate state. And uh, things are, are that, that at the end, you will, you will converge. And you need to do that at most n time. So you need n time to, to repeat the algorithm in the worst case. So this is why it is polynomial and not, uh, not linear.
0: Right, I see. So you proved a bunch of uh, interesting theorems in in your paper, but is there a like a software package that someone who works with these networks that so- someone could use?
1: Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So we we developed a, a, a small Python package uh, that you can use to to compute this uh, reachability, so the existence of trajectory bet- between uh, uh, configuration. Um, so it takes uh, any Boolean network uh, you can have in the in the literature, and then you can, you can do the the, the computation using the, the, this tool. Um, so this is another property we we haven't spoke about because it's really uh, for a property which is a bit more complex. It's what we call attractors, which uh, characterize the steady states of the system. So you. Either everyone is happy and so you have no evolution as possible, or you have these limit cycles where the system enter sustained oscillations. Uh, so this is also another key property we look at for modeling when, when modeling with Boolean networks and, and other kind of, uh, of models. And we also have much lower complexity for this kind of, pro- of property. And the tool also allows you to compute these this attractors and the attractors you can reach from a given initial configuration. So. This is typically the kind of analysis you do for differentiation processes, where you, you have your initial state and you want to know which phenotypes, so which stable configuration you can reach from, from this particular condition. So all of this you can do with, with this small uh, uh, tool, and uh, we have another ongoing tool in development uh, to, to do the inference of networks. So now you have uh, data, you don't have the logic, and you want to find automatically Boolean networks that can reproduce this data. And thanks to the low complexity of most primitive Boolean networks, we can now do it at very, very large scale compared to to to, uh, to asynchronous uh, interpretations. And uh, so this is ongoing work and will be published soon.
0: No, but this this is very cool, right? It it feels like. This is almost like a revolution in in the boolean network modeling like if if someone uses boolean networks it seems like there's no reason not to um, switch to to this semantics right because not only it's superior um, theoretically uh, like semantically but also it's practically more feasible because of the complexity considerations right so hopefully like if you know <laughs> It would be a disappointment if if the field doesn't switch to, to this to this paradigm.
1: <laughs> oh, I totally agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's the choice of semantics is is something um, which, uh, well, is a strong concern in the in the community. There are a lot of questions related to it. Um, so, yeah, this solves a lot of questions. Uh, this most massive uh boolean networks. Um, still, in some situation, um, uh, you may want to have a restrictive, um, m- more restrictive way to compute uh, what is possible in the system depending on the hypothesis you, you may have on it. Uh, so it really depends on the the kind of analysis you 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 want you want you want to do. But it's true that if you if you want to deal with quantitative data, with data with model validation. Uh, from my point of view, it's it's better to go to more uh, hybrid modeling as we discussed before. Where for some nodes we have this more permissive behavior because we don't have enough parameters, and for some of them we introduce additional levels, uh, rather than fixing an arbitrary sub semantics, which is very difficult to really understand the effect it has on the uh, simulation you 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 can do. So I hope it will be. Uh, Progressively adopted, yes, and uh, there is a lot of uh, uh, communication to do and explanation to 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 do to to explain to the properties. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool, uh, like, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you very much.